0: Welcome to Moving Target. Joining me today is one of my friends in the field out there doing outstanding work that I wanted to invite on today to have another one of our outstanding conversations. We tend to connect every so often to just kind of touch base on the madness of the world. As I, I said in my autonomy course the other day, a subjective world gone mad, and that is... Brian Young from High Impact Flix. Thank you for joining me today, brother. How are you?
1: Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you inviting me. It's great to be here. We always have a great conversation. We do. Outstanding, though? Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I no, I I do I say that. I, I you know, as much as people I was funny you say that I was just thinking about the meanings of these words, like awesome and outstanding, and how we use them just to mean good. And they don't really always mean that. Funny, just on a side note, but I say that because I do think that like the our conversations are unique in the way. That we both see things in a very certain, a very particular way when it comes to like two party illusion, politics in general, government. You know, we're very in the kind of anarchistic mindset, I would argue. Uh, And it's when we talk about things, it's it seems unique today because I think that's a rare thing, which blows my mind. If you want me to be quite honest, that like being objective or like these are rare things it seems today. (laughs) So it's when we connect, I I like what we what we come to in our in our discussions. We tend to find new points that we weren't reaching before. So, yeah, well, the, okay. verbiage,
1: the verbiage these days is fascinating. It's almost like you have to dumb yourself down so that you can convey yourself to other people and not frighten them with words like you just used anarchy. It's like, oh, my God, mayhem, lawlessness, blood in the streets, broken windows, burning tires, flipped over cars. It's like, no, it just means I don't want a ruler and I don't. I don't want a ruler for me, and I don't want a ruler for you. And archon, no rulers. That's it. That's all it Right. Means. Right. It, there's it's, it, rules, just no rulers. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's amazing how people infuse these these frightening ideas into terminology that we once used, no problem, and nobody was scared of them. Now there's this fear based community, and you mentioned that. I mean, you've already you you've already lifted the lid off of the can of worms in you know in a couple seconds but the left versus right paradigm lies something that's huge that would massively mm-hmm. change our society if people realized hey i'm getting played by both parties which is really just a uniparty and they're all acting as one take this ukraine thing did you see the thing with zelensky yesterday and in, in congress
0: Oh, I've, I've I've seen the conversation. I haven't watched the videos other than the clips, and I've seen the. But I know I know of what we're talking about, and it's it's. I mean, it's embarrassing. It really, yeah. Is. Well,
1: well, Wednesday, uh, Zelensky standing in Congress, and they're giving him the American flag that flew over the Capitol building in honor of the Ukrainian people, and all it is is a money laundering freaking scheme. And yeah. if people could just see that every last congressman and senator, all five hundred and thirty-five of them, bar none, you know, Thomas Massey, I don't know. Should should we give some grace to Thomas Massey or do you think?
0: It's a fair question. There's a few of them out there that I, and you know, but I will point out that it tends to be just kind of ebbing and flowing through certain topics. I'd argue that, I mean, but I will give a shout to Massey in particular has really continued to say things from COVID to Ukraine just ongoing that I'm like, okay, it appears as if he believes these things, and I'm just—I'm such a pessimist today when it comes to anybody in government. I'm like, he's probably just saying those things because we want to hear him. Either way, I agree with him. But there's a few out there that I would at least be like, we should give the possibility out there that maybe they are doing what they think is right. And I just don't know how it's possible to change from within the broken system. I mean, that's yeah. just that same old argument. We've had this conversation before. The only way to not lose a rigged game is not to play, you know. And it's—it's it's just hard. But I'm glad you brought it up because there are people pointing out some pretty big things right now.
1: Yeah, and the way to and 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 it's not not really a broken system. It's actually operating the and I'm not trying to disagree with you, but I'm just trying to you know, it's it's a system that's working exactly the way it was created to work. Destroy the economy, take away the freedoms of the people, and reach government's pocket uh, hand deeper into the pockets of Americans. So when you've got Zelensky up in Congress yesterday saying we need more help. We need help from the, the free nations so that we can combat the evil Russians. Now, granted, Russia has a government just like the America has a government, just like the Ukrainians have a government, and it's all corrupt. But what Zelensky's really saying, if you brush away all the euphemisms, and that's why I like what Larkin Rose says about his definition of politics is, it's the clever and deceptive art of using euphemisms, lies, emotionalism, and fear mongering in order to dupe average people like you and me into accepting and even demanding the chains of their own enslavement. Please, mm. government, right. please save us. Please, you know, give me shackles so that I right. can feel more comfortable about myself. But what Zelensky's actually saying is hey, fleece the American tax cattle so you can launder more money through the corrupt government known as Ukraine. And if you don't, then you must not like peace in the world.
0: And and it's such a childishly binary. uh, It's always like that. It's either that you hate everything or you love them all. It's just like, come on. It's the same. You're either with us or against us narrative over and over and over in every possible angle. Same with, you know, vax or unvax. And, you know, this is why I, I do believe that people are genuinely starting to kind of see through this And it's probably the technological age, which is probably why they're in such a rush to get us into this technocratic panopticon, because at the same time, the technology is giving us the ability to connect more than we ever have, not physically, but at least share information that way. So it is allowing us to see through it. Like, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why this has been so rapidly escalated is because the very thing that gives them the ability to trap us more is also giving us the ability to see through it more than ever. It's kind of an interesting simultaneous action. What do you think about that?
1: No, you're right. The, the first thing you mentioned is the false dichotomy. It's either this or it's this. It's like, wait, we, we couldn't have an option. C. it's just like gun control. You hate if you are not for gun safety legislation, they even got away from the use of euphemism control because it sounds too much like, right. um, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Control. So there, <laughs> it's like it's like gun safety. if you, you love children, don't you? Oh, yeah, I love right. children. You want to protect the children, don't you? Yeah, well, we've crafted this bill so that we can protect children. Now, I can I can expect you to sign on the dotted line for this. Right. It's like, no. Then
2: you hate children. Oh,
1: my gosh. It's like, no, I have guns be- because I love children. It's mm-hmm. like, the, who is the guy, Stephen Williford and Suther- Sutherland's Sutherland Springs. He heard the shooting going on at the church that were like 24 or 26 people lost their lives. Mm. He got his AR-15. He told his daughter, load the magazines while he's running out the door with his bare feet. And he single-handedly gets that guy. How did what it what happened? The good guy with the gun stopped the bad guy with the gun. Oh, you must be for the NRA because that's the NRA talking point. It's like, no, it's just true. I'm against the NRA because they're decidedly yeah. against the Second Amendment. So don't try to box me or pigeonhole me into your terminology. And expect me to placate to this false dichotomy that you've set up. But right. yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. They, they've only given you a certain amount of choices. And it's truly elementary in the fact that people with all this mass technology and all the information that we have, we literally have the, the information of the world at our fingertips. If there's something that we don't know, all we got to do is say, hey, Google dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So we've or, or hopefully to- some other platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what Yeah, exactly. Know, it's like, hey, listen, listen. <laughs> they said dot, dot, dot. Here you are. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Some other platform. But either way, you're being surveilled. But like that, you made a gr- really good point. The technology that we will use to uncover the lie is the technology that they're going to use to surveil us and yeah. you know lead us deeper into oppression. There's always a dual purpose to these things. And, th- and that's the interesting thing, like the internet
0: we always talk about, like or the, the the you know, pretty easy to understand analogy that a hammer can be used to build a house, but it also beats someone's head in, you know. And it's like it's it's about applying these things and not being scared away from them, being, but being skeptical, whether cryptocurrency or other things, like I'm very skeptical about how these could be used or whether they're traps, but I, I find there there's always ways they can be used, you know, but you, you brought something up I thought was interesting is, you know, the I genuinely think that the 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 dialogue in in Congress or in politics or even just like the propaganda has gotten really, really ridiculous. And it's not just me seeing this like like even I was making a joke today about the Joe Biden put this thing out or whoever is running his accounts, put this thing out on Twitter where him and Zelensky are in this slow motion walk in front of the White House. And the video wasn't like, obviously the video is normal. And I'm just going really slow motion walking. Like, why don't I put some explosions behind it? Like, it's just such a <laughs> ridiculous, you know, and I'm asking people, do am I the only one seeing this? And I feel like it's gotten to the point to where what, what you know, 10, 20 years ago was like the cartoonish perception of what we were pretending, you know, I, the joking about politics, you know, making this uh, and, you know, Saturday Night Live version of how ridiculous they are is what they are now today. And I have a great example of this I thought was really interesting. There's this movie that's out called Violent Night. <laughs> and I sort of I thought this was a joke. This is like a parody like I like, like a family guy makes these jokes where it's like, you know, Santa Claus come back to fight the bad elves gone. crazy. It's like a joke, right? This is literally what this movie is. Santa who with guns and violence fights back against. and I'm just going like, have we really gotten this ridiculous like to the point <laughs> to where the propaganda and everything is like the parody version of what it was 20 years ago. Do they think we're this stupid, or have we actually has at least the two party paradigm conversation gotten that ridiculous? I guess my first point is do you see the same thing? Do you feel like it's gotten worse? Oh whoops i I forgot we had the this view there how has it gotten worse in your mind, like the propaganda level, and why would you think that is if you do think that?
1: well i mean obviously the propaganda is lap you know dialed up to about an 11 and a lot of people aren't seeing it now i see people on the other side saying hey i'm very hopeful i think we're in the middle of a great awakening and i kind of see that kind of stuff but in my like i I see it on the internet and i see it because i'm in let's let's face it when you when you have a twitter following when you've got a youtube channel you've inevitably you'll lock yourself into your own echo chamber, and that's that's just as dangerous. but in right. my regular zone of influence, take for I, I think I think there were some really good things that came out of this convid 1984 by George Orwell Nonsense, which was mm-hmm. just a complete con game and it continues to be a con game propagated right. by the masses and the mainstream fake stream media. But I think one of the good things that came out of it is that you could see visually like that. Who was the subject of and, and and succumbed to the major propaganda because mm-hmm. now they got a ritualistic shame muzzle on their face and the only reason they got it is they they heard they have to have it by Dr. Anthony Frodsty and right. CNN and MSLSD and all even Fox News was you know playing a huge part in that. Yeah. So you could see the immediate effects. It's almost like it's almost like do you have you ever said like like before this convict thing ever happened, did you ever wish, man, I wish there was some easy way to detect all the sheep who are just kind of going along with the thing. And then right. they gave it to us. There right. it is right there. It's like, and then they got the band-aids on their arm. And they're like, they're so proud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know so so on one level to answer your question on one level I think um you know I do see an awakening on the internet in my regular daily life I kind of don't see it and it's kind of disheartening mm-hmm. and on the other side of it I'm sort of in an echo chamber because I'm talking to people who kind of agree with me which is right it's 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 invigorating it's exciting on the one hand and on the other hand it's like what if we're all wrong? You know, What if it's everybody scary. in my echo chamber is just giving me feedback of misinformation I'm getting out there? Because as, as as articulate as you can be, and as much as you research, you're a human being. I'm a human being. Right. We could get stuff wrong. And the last thing we need is our group to continually give us in that, that, that affirmative feedback loop that right. you know, sinks us further into misinformation. This is why people like you are so
0: dangerous to the agenda because you 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 don't fit into one of the two boxes, right? Or three or four or however many parties they've got. You, it's, it's same deal. Like long, they fit you into one of the boxes, one of the arguments, and we're over here going, well, we don't, you know, objectively, we don't see enough information to make a choice yet. They're like, it's short circuit, you know, how you can't box that, you know, because it's objective. And so that's my point is that there, this is that's why I genuinely see the media, the corporate media, framing objectivity literally as extremism like it's really interesting to watch but i I guess my my point was more so about like i i I do think that more people are awakening to at least ask questions than i've ever seen before but not so much that the propaganda is increasing but that the level of the propaganda has gotten such a a dumbed down version like an easy example is just today we're at a point now where I, i don't even they're just continuing with the narrative even the science that they're claiming the science isn't even there anymore. Like the body of peer reviewed studies is overwhelmingly on the side. This is dangerous. At this point, doctors standing up, you know, this, you're covering it. And so it's like, that's one very clear example, but I guess I just wonder why it's gotten so bad. You know, one anonymous source in the media is fine. Now, no longer too needed. Like, it's like, they have just given up the pretenses. And my point about the the video and the movie was, it's like, they either have trained, gotten people to such a dumbed down level that that's connecting with their where they're at or they believe that's where we are. I, I really don't know. Not really a question in there. I just think it's really interesting to see that we're at a level now where even the propaganda is, is, is impossible to watch without not feeling like it's a cartoon. It's very interesting. Yeah,
1: it, It's, it's a really interesting question because you, and especially along the lines of the, the clot shot, because mm-hmm. you see a lot of news articles coming out and I'm talking about regular mainstream news articles that are saying, oh, a sudden death from people you could exercise too much. Watch how you shovel the snow. If you get so much sunlight, you could die. And so they're blaming all these excess general overall deaths on other things that have nothing to do with it. And I can only imagine that it's working or they wouldn't keep publicizing this because the masses would go, what are you talking about? Shoveling snow is leading to a uh, 10% increase in death in people who live in the North. Let me ask you, know, kind you this of
0: yeah, and I agree with you, but and I at the point is we don't know. I I hope to God it's not working. But let me ask you this: Let's just say it's not working. Let's say they their last real option here is just to try to just scream you down from the very clearly scientifically valid point.
1: Mm.
0: Would they just stop? Would they just be like, "You got us. You're wrong. You're right. We lost." Or would they just drive it into the ground and keep lying? And I guess it's not. It's really a rhetorical question. I think the point is that if that's possible, and I think we can acknowledge it is. we could be there now and we wouldn't even know it. I guess. What do you think?
1: I I don't, I I don't think they would, because I I think back to Nancy Pelosi. Well, we got to, we got to, we have to pass the bill before you can know what's in it. You know, (laughs) what a stupid thing to say, but obviously she said it because maybe her constituents would go, yeah, of course we have to pass it to see what's in it. Why would we want to see what's in it before it passes? That doesn't make any sense. So there's all this blatant stuff uh, that's going on, just like you were saying. And I think that people are so dumbed down and propaganda works so well because, Hey, all I got to know, is all you got to do is look at one research paper. Look at the Milgram experiment. Mm -hmm. If Stanley Milgram could get 65 or 70% of people to knowingly push the button to deliver a 480-volt fatal shock to somebody that they believe was actually behind the partition... I don't have much hope for humanity. And that's back in the sixties and seventies. Can you imagine how much worse it is today? Because they didn't have social yeah. media. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have Google. They didn't have all this, you know, ramping up the, the, the huge propaganda machine. I don't, do you remember what, what was the year of uh, the Milgram experiment? Ooh. Was it the 70, 74? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't it's remember around it, there. I can't remember if it predated or postdated the church. Um, Uh, the the church uh, deposition in Congress Mm -hmm. where Frank Church actually exposed the fact that the CIA had indeed 100% infiltrated all print and televised media back by 1974. So can you imagine how much worse the propaganda machine is, how much more effective and knowledgeable the social engineers and the psychological operators have gotten to get into our heads to be super effective? So to answer your question, I don't think they would go, "Ah, okay, you got us. Because I don't think that power relinquishes or, or control freaks rel- relinquish the power that easily. You know and what that, I mean? And that's exactly
0: my point. So if we know that they wouldn't, or at least we can assume that's unlikely they would do that. So the, I guess my, I just, a, a hopeful note would be that we very well could be in a position right now in an, like looking at in a positive lens where most everybody, and look, let's just say majority, that could be 51%. That's, you know, that's a whole lot of lost people out there who do see through it. But and that and they're just going to keep pushing because there's nothing else they can do. My I I just I want people to start asking whether because it's very easy and to fall into the perception that everyone's lost. Nobody sees it. The media is giving us that easy thing to grab onto, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I just wonder. I bring this up all the time. You know, we've we've talked about it where maybe it's possible the majority of people do see through it today. And we just need to capitalize on that to make this actually shift.
1: Yeah, it could be. But part of the propaganda puzzle for these these social engineers and psychological operators <clears throat> is if there is an awakening, mm. get each and every one of those people who are a part of the, the awakening to feel isolated, yes, to feel yes. like there's nobody else there. There's no group that they can adhere to. Because let's face it, uh, none of us is greater than all of us. And the way you can actually move and shake things in the world in a positive direction, just like in a negative direction, is get a whole bunch of people on board that that don't say they see it, but they actually see it. They, mm-hmm. They've internalized it. They don't believe what's going on. They know what's going on, and they're willing to do something about it. So. Yeah. Let let me just say, let me say on a positive note. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I, as a human being have to inject myself with hopium daily or what's the point of living. I have to have some kind of hope that there is going to be an awakening. So if you're part of the awakening out there, don't think for a second. I mean, there's me and Ryan, you know, that's two. If there's two, there's gotta be more. So don't think if you're watching this broadcast, don't lose hope because there are more people that are sane like us, who believe or and know what's going on like you do. So don't feel yeah. like you're crazy cuz they want you to feel like you're crazy and alone.
0: Exactly. And that that's the, mo- the all what we can prove is that there are more people out there than we realize. Hopefully, I believe that's the majority. I really do believe that. But you're right. I mean, what else do we have but to hope for the direction we're trying to create, you know? But you brought up an interesting point about the the, you know, the the influence and the like social media and the the authorities. I don't know if you saw the uh, there's a recent post discussing both the The Facebook and uh, Twitter, I guess, uh, not intelligence, but I guess, but FBI, I guess, yeah, intelligence, FBI and CIA influence of both platforms, right? And how apparently even at this moment, apparently there's a whole bunch of ex-FBI people that still work at Twitter. And they were saying there's a whole bunch of ex-CIA that work at CIA. So it's just interesting on, you know, connect that for me with what we were just talking about in your mind. Like, how do you see that? And what do you think that means for where we are now? And then with what's happening on Twitter?
1: And well, number here, one, what? Well, yeah, well, number one with the data, the data leaks about the FBI infiltration and all this kind of stuff right. with uh, Matt. What, what was his name? Matt, my Taibbi. Huh, What's that? Matt Taibi. Yeah, Taibi. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I saw immediately that this is a left versus right paradigm thing because immediately the conservative jumped on it and said, yeah, see, look, even though Taibbi had admitted, oh yeah, this also happened under the Trump administration. Trump was wanting information from Twitter and they relinquished that to the Trump administration as well. So it's the left versus right paradigm working against us. But when we talk about the left versus right paradigm, we got to talk about the banksters who actually control them, the people who control the strings, the Amshel Rothschilds. I care not who makes the money, I mean, uh, makes the laws. If I got the purse strings, it doesn't make- matter to me make all the laws that you want i control the issuance and value of your currency that's the first thing that we need to talk about uh, along the lines of twitter with the fbi are you are you actually going to tell me i'm not talking about you but anybody who's watching this broadcast that Elon Musk is on your side. That Elon Musk is not inviting. Did you see the tweet? He said he supo- wholly supports the FBI. They might, they might like all our organizations. There are imperfections, but he's for the FBI. So if they're, he's for the FBI, then he's for tyranny because the FBI isn't about your freedoms. It's not about securing personal individual rights. The FBI is about power and control, just like the CIA, just like the TSA, just like the Department of Homeland Security. And it's just another department and another avenue to reach deeper into the pockets of Americans, take away their money and take away their rights. So whenever I, whenever I see that kind of stuff coming out of Twitter, there's hopeful stuff because it looks like there's a higher level of freedom of speech going on, but you've just experienced your offline Elon or who Elon's Tensman brought you online, then they mm-hmm. took you off again. And now you're on again. It's like, what's up with that? That's not being on your side. Permanent suspension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gotta yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, and, or even if it was a temporary suspension, if it was linked with the government, which I totally believe that, you know, Google and Twitter and all these social media, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram, how could they not be a part of the surveillance apparatus? So as we navigate this crazy tyrannical climate that's forming all around us. We cannot be ignorant to the fact that all these platforms, whether they have this data leak that looks positive for transparency and all that kind of stuff, these people are not interested in transparency. They're interested in control. And at this point it's beyond riches and acquiring wealth because you know, what are you going to do with 100, 200, $300 billion? And these are just the people that we know about. This is all about, controlling the world that's why that's Mm -hmm. why i said i said in a recent live stream you know how they always preface i don't care what mainstream media you're talking about i don't care if it's fox news uh cbs or cnn when they talk about alex jones they say conspiracy theorist Mm -hmm. alex jones well anytime (laughs) you mention elon musk you should say world economic forum young global leader Neuralink, welcoming transhumanism into Mm -hmm. our world elon musk i mean if you want or or if you know um, pudgy propagandist, Jake, Jakey, the snake tapper, you know, like if they're going to do that with Alex Jones, right. which probably to some extent is true. Although it seems to me, I'm not an Alex Jones fan and I've, I have major criticism for his lepers is right paradigm light stuff, but you got to admit Alex Jones broke news stories mm-hmm. way before uh communist news network did. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's numerous examples of him highlighting stories a long time ago that are very clearly true today. You know, but we know how that can be played against us too. So, you know, fair, fair level of skepticism. But I completely agree with you. You know, it's it's obvious that there's a game being played. You know, and one w- one interesting example about Twitter, I, you know, it, look, if if you right now, the overarching point that I've made from the beginning is that there's not nobody honest should be asking like this has been fleshed out yet. That's simple as that. Like, I'm hopeful. I mean, I got my account back. So it's like, at the very least, I'm like, well, maybe. But I'm like, I'm like 90%. This isn't right. Maybe like hopeful 10%. Like, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, I like, you know, we're being objective and we hope for the best, expect the worst, you know? But it's it's just so obvious that everything about this, while it's weirdly shifting in the two party paradigm where it's kind of slanting and hurting, affecting different people. And, then, you know, even though I've seen a bunch of Republicans just got censored or uh, suspended because of ukraine stuff but my point though is that most of the things are going in the same if not worse directions for example they're they're now openly using snopes to fact check things on twitter and i'm like what so where are the republicans that think that's okay or the fact that well oh the working directly with the adl and, and highlighting them as one of the groups that he's going to discuss in, in regard to what gets censored and then championing the idea of stopping hate speech it's like it's just embarrassing to 30 seconds later, the people that were saying we shouldn't be censoring in hate speech are saying, no, he's censoring old hate speech. Can't you tell? It's completely down. It's just it's just amazing people in the two party paradigm, how quickly they can be manipulated by just the new person stepping in. I use the Guantanamo comparison for Trump, you know, where it just became a good thing when he stepped into power. You know, so where do you overall see where Twitter is right now with those kind of steps? You know, and, and you kind of just went into it for a moment, but elaborate on like the direction you think it's taking just from your perspective.
1: Well, I just think it's almost like the president of the United States thing. You got these people who are campaigning to become the president of the United States, making all these promises. And then when they attain the level of sitting behind the desk at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and they have the ring of power, and they're the quote leader of the free world, and then they renege on their promises, you'd think it would be the exact opposite. If I became the president of the United States and I was truly the leader of the free world, you can bet your bottom dollar that not one promise that I made would be left undone. -hmm. So there's got to be something behind the. And that's why people don't critically think. It's like, wait a second, if you're the most powerful president of the world or, or person in the entire world, Why would you falter on your promises when you had the power to do everything? That's how I see Elon Musk. If you have the power, if you truly have the power at Twitter, if you're truly as rich as Forbes magazine says you are, what does it matter what anybody says? You say, this is my platform. We're going to treat this like it's a telecommunications company. I have no liability for anything anybody says on my platform. I am not an, uh, you know, I'm not a publisher. I have a platform. That's it. Anything goes and and as far as i'm concerned there's no such thing as hate speech it's like hmm. if you're not going to do that then you might as well monitor all conversations on every telecommunications device in the world and hold AT&T and Verizon responsible for somebody plotting a murder you know right, right, so right. They, they, he if he's truly if if you label yourself as a free speech absolutist then you better be absolutely about the business of free speech.
0: Right. Well, I'm glad you bring it up because this is a really important point today. With, with I mean, obviously he's screaming or ha- in the beginning about absolute free speech is what he was talking about. He used those exact words very clearly at the gate. Alex, not welcome back on, you know, and so on. So, so yeah, and you can agree with his logic. Okay, you can, if you believe he broke the law and you think that's it, okay, fine. You can agree with that, but then you can't claim it's absolute free speech. Like we, we agree on that, right? So, but this is an interesting discussion point because as you know, to take an absolute stance on something like this it's a difficult line to walk sometimes so let's dive into some of the harder points of this for instance you know vi- threats of violence or or doxing let's take doxing first because that seems to be the the real focal point for him i kind of broke this down on my last show i think really showing quite clearly that this was a lot of a lot of fabrication So there seems there was an Uber driver guy that was there's some kind of weird overlap there. He claims Elon was actually stalking him. The guy seems like he's a little bit crazy, but at the same time, the detective found no connection between Elon Jets and the thing, you know, so the argument that there was actual doxing taking place for for those listening, if you don't know, the the guy at Elon Jets was using publicly available data points, but not individually relevant unless the bots were scraping them together and putting it into a coherent aggregated picture. That's, if it's publicly available, though, it's still not doxing. But anyway, to the point. Well, uh, just okay, real quick
1: ahead. thing. You, you might not know this little piece right here. The the guy from Elon Jet, uh, can't, what was his name? Do you remember his name? I forget his name. The okay, so the, the, he's a college student. He put mm-hmm. together these bots that scraped all this information, but he did admit that within that public information, there's an option for an owner-operator of an aircraft to hide a tail number, Mm -hmm. which Elon Musk apparently did. Now, at what point did Elon Musk do that? I don't know. But the owner of Elon Jet admitted that, yes, while he left it private, we did more digging to make it more public. So that puts me a little bit on the fence right there, because if you go to FlightAware and you put in the end number or the tail number for Elon Musk's private jet, which is a 2015 Gulfstream, I don't know why he's flying around in a seven-year-old aircraft when he's a billionaire but anyway but he the owner operator of that aircraft according to flight aware wanted to make that data point private mm-hmm. but this guy was you know intelligent and you know what, wh- whatever you have to do with computer stuff and he scraped that data but even or then even right. then Elon Musk said that I'm so for free speech that I will not take right. the account of Elon jet down when they're tracking my private information. And yet he reneged it. on that. So to yep. me, it's a character issue. It's like, Elon, you said it, you yep. spoke it out. Nobody put a gun to your head to say that you should have stood by it. And he, he didn't.
0: Absolutely. Well, but there's a couple of points there too, is that it wasn't just, it, it was the, the whole stalker part of that was the argument about why it got more important, but he repeatedly said my address, that yeah. doesn't even ever have appeared to come into play. So there's yes. a live happening there.
1: That's, and then that's if, a good the, point.
0: if the detective is overlapping this with, and saying that there's, he doesn't see any connection between him. It, it doesn't mean it didn't happen though. It's possible, but between that and this. And so at this point, it seems undefined, but <clears throat> I go to the point about the scraping though. So, and this is the important part of this. This is where the fine line comes in. And I'll, I'll happily point out this is a debatable discussion, right? There's a discussion to be had here about whether a line was crossed, or you know, if that then violates free speech, but there, or or if it within free speech. But the point is that if the bots are scraping this stuff, if Elon decides to make it private, so he made it private, but. As I understand it, and this is why these things need to be fleshed out further, because we're dealing with limited information, but that it's still, if it's able to scoop it from somewhere that's on the internet, then it's publicly available, whether it was accidental or shared in something that was only in one location where you could find, my point is these bots and the algorithms are able to scoop this stuff up. Even if you made it private, if it's still there somewhere else, that's the bot didn't make some decision to like hack into something, right? At least I understand. So there's a discussion there, but you make a fair point though, that it does seem invasive.
1: You know what? I think there's a layer that needs to be put on top of this because I don't think it's just a free speech issue. Yes, I'm for free speech, but I have to consider another factor. By the way, the Elon Jet's uh, owner's name is Jack Sweeney. I was looking it up. That's right. So Jack Sweeney. That's right. Um, the, the other layer I think needs to be placed on top of and maybe be, needs to be, become a part of this, this um, uh, conversation is the golden rule. Would I want that information out there so that, you know, to put my family in potential danger? And my answer is absolutely no. It's like the fire in a crowded theater. That's not so much free speech for me. It's would I do that or would I want to be in that theater when that was done to me? And the answer is no. So and I think the guy who yells fire in a crowded theater wouldn't want that done to his mother or father or people that he loves because, you know, potentially it could cause a trampling scenario and you could die. So that's fair but does he have the right to say it? Oh yeah. You got a right to be stupid and be, you got okay, a right so, to. So well, I'm, I'm with you.
0: I'm with you 100%. Yeah, he, And, yeah, and, and on right top of to that, he may have the right to say it, but he also has the right to be accountable for whatever happens afterward. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're we're on the same page there, but, but so the, the part that I think is important though, is, <laughs> is getting back to the doxing issue. Let's, you know, let's just call it doxing for the sake of okay. conversation. hundred percent. Okay. Is that by, is that within free speech? Right. So this is a hard line. Right. right? I agree with you, but it's a very so it's like this is where you get very it's difficult because I would argue from a personal perspective, I would say doxing is off limits. It's bad. It shouldn't be allowed. And I would even understand why a platform would say you can't do it here. But then I would still say, even though I would agree with that, I would still go, okay, but that's not free speech. That's limited speech. And this is where it gets very difficult, but we have to start making these hard lines. So it seems like we're in agreement, but go ahead and give me your thoughts on that.
1: No, I I think you're spot on, man. And I think this is stuff that we need to talk about. And I think it might be a mistake to take a real hard, like I, I I become too much of an absolutist sometimes where I don't even consider other argumentation, which is not, it's not a good characteristic. And I'm trying to work myself out of that. But I'm along the lines with what Jefferson said. I'd rather have dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. But then have I created in, in agreeing with that, have I created the dichotomy, the dichotomy that I said 20 minutes ago, you probably shouldn't create? Isn't there a third option? Well, yeah, there could be. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of considerations. And like you said, we got to have conversations about this because I personally don't want to be doxxed on the internet. So, right. I, right. You know,
0: but, but my point is the fact that you said that show that already shows you're not making the false dichotomy. Like there, the, whether we are aware of a third option, you're open to a third option. And that's, right. that's my, that's the real point. Right. right. So, Cause it's, it's easy to break things down in a binary way when you're making a point that doesn't necessarily mean you only think there are two options, you know, I, yeah. but I, I think it's very, and I agree. I think these conversations need to be had. And, you know who knows. I, I I still take the stance that I am an absolute free. I, I'm about absolute free speech. However, I'm open to the conversation that, that may. If you can convince me, maybe limited speech are is what we're discussing in the the twenty the technological world we're going into. I don't agree with that in this moment, but I'm open to have that conversation, and that's what needs to be had. And that's not being allowed right at this point. They're now going so far over the top. You know, medical. You can't disagree with the medical consensus in Canada, or you're going to go to jail. You can't yeah. challenge. Co- any number of things it, it yet and P- I, I just saw i think it was um i don't want to misquote it i believe it was quebec but it, there was. they were basically saying that from this point forward that if you oh it was australia it was australia that if you see somebody saying something that's not this or that call the crime line like they're committing a crime and this is right. what we've all been seeing coming that words are violence and that's not true
1: Yes, and I'm glad you brought that out because hate hate speech is such a misnomer. Yes, the number one question I think that a rational person would ask is, okay, who gets to define that? Right. And if you're gonna you're gonna equate uh, hate speech with criminality, uh, show me where the harm has been done. And let, see, it's gotten to such a point where you know wh- who was it Orwell that said, "Truth is treason in the empire of lies." Mm-hmm. Truth is the, the hate, the new hate speech. And because the empire of lies can't tolerate the truth, they will paint the truth as hate speech so they can do away with the truth. So right. the question is who's defining what hate speech is, where does that definition come from? Does that work across the board? And it's not even so much, does the majority agree with it? It's like, no, what is right? Mm-hmm. What is right? If you're not free to give your opinion that you think is the truth, or maybe you think it's a lie. See, that's the thing. A lie. If you want to tell a lie on the Internet, if you want to give misinformation on the Internet, that's free speech. If you're not free to tell a lie, if you're not free to give misinformation, then you're not free. This is this is a
0: point. I'm glad you said that I drill this home as often as I can. And I get pushed back even from my audience, you know, that but that you I my point is really centered around the fact that you have a right to be wrong. Right. You have a right to be because the argument could be that they're lying, but it could just be that they thought they were right and they were mistaken. And you're going to tell me you can't be mistaken at this point. But I I do take it to the extent, the furthest extent of that, which is that you also have the right to just blatantly lie to people if you so choose. Then you do have a you're then I'm if there is some kind of accountability, but see that gets in that's abstract. I'm not even sure how that would translate. Anyway, the point I would just say that you're always accountable for your actions. That's the way the world is. But in this case, you're talking about, you know, being able to lie to people, and we clearly see the government does this, we clearly see the media does this on a regular basis. It's just very selective today where they're like, You can't lie to people, right? So, exactly. We're exactly. not even trying to, they just frame it that way.
1: You, you took the thought right of my brain because I was thinking, well, obviously the lie is pleasant and palatable to the masses or they wouldn't be listening to me. Mainstream media. I mean, all you got to do is think of just WMDs. The weapons of mass destruction lie led to how many trillions of dollars being spent? How many hundreds of thousands of lives or millions of lives that were lost because of one lie? The Gulf of Tonkin resolution back in the 1960s. The Gulf of Tonkin is the lie. Framed by uh, the U.S. military and uh, taken, you know, kind of like uh, thrown across the finish line by propaganda press back then, that uh, North Vietnamese North Vietnamese uh, torpedo boats were firing on the USS Maddox. Right. It came out forty years later in a declassified document that never happened. But that didn't stop the Vietnam War from coming and fifty nine thousand servicemen uh, dying and one point five to three million people dying. Right. I mean, you could go from war to war to war if we really if we're really being honest with ourselves today
0: from even U.S. liberty conversations. I mean, there there has been realistic, obvious examples. There's that great clip. I don't have to off the, off the top to pull up today, but I think it was the um, was the Lincoln. I forget the group. You probably remember uh, that the guy was saying about how every, you know, There's always been an example like this before these wars. And he ends by kind of saying, you know, who knows? Maybe an Iranian submarine will go up down and it won't come back up. Oh, yes.
1: He was he was like a he was a diplomat. And And he he was was naming
0: every big event, like even Lincoln, and like how they they we couldn't do this until Fort Sumter was attacked. And and he kept going through every example. And it's like, how do we not see what that is? It's just blatantly laid out for us, you know?
1: Yep. Have not heard that in years. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm gonna be looking for it. I wish I could remember that guy's name, but yeah, he's so pompous when he says it. It's It's ridiculous.
0: Well, I mean, it either seems like he doesn't think that it would ever get seen the way it has been or that we wouldn't know what they were talking about. Because, I mean, he's looking at everyone like, like, right, right, right. You know, like back and forth here. Let me let me play this clip. of Jordan Peterson, I'll try to find it while it's playing. OK, it's a minute okay. long clip. And you this references the point of what you were just making there about hate speech and the answers the question, you know. So if we talk about hate speech, OK, well, who defines hate speech? Well, he makes the point the last person you'd possibly ever want defining it.
2: The idea that there's hateful speech, it's like, yeah, okay, that's self-evident, no problem. Well, let's regulate it. Okay, fair enough, because it's hateful. You know, maybe we'd rather that there wasn't any of it. Okay, no problem. Who defines hate? Well, we'll worry about that later. It's like, no, you won't. That's actually the problem. Here's the answer to who defines hate. Those people that you would least want to have define it. That will be the inevitable consequence of the legislation, because sensible people won't have anything to do with that. Like, people who are power mad will gravitate to that domain to make an ethical case to exercise their controlling power over the language of other people. Now, and I've had journalists say, well, what makes you think that your right to free speech trumps the right of someone to not be offended? And I think that's really the level of our political discourse
0: forgot had the clip there. I mean, it's a great clip though, right? Is, I mean, it's, it's exactly the point. And that's how that's, I, I actually think that's the entire premise of government in general. As I think we, we've even had this conversation that even comparing it like to the general percentage of sociopaths and psychopaths in the world, and it just happens to almost perfectly align with the percentage of politicians in the world. <laughs> they gravitate to the top this way because they see it. I was able to find this clip, by the way. So this, awesome. I'm glad we did. This is a great clip to show you exactly what we were just talking about. Okay. Let me know if you want to pause it for
3: anything. I frankly think that crisis initiation is really tough.
0: <laughs> just hold on, just to start right there. I love that. Like, so we're generally, genu- genuinely talking about initiating crisis like this.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't
0: understand what that shows you right there. <laughs> the Washington Institute—that's what it was. I got to remember that for next. And time.
1: he's be- he's bemoaning that it's like crisis initiation. Doggone it! It's oh, tough. God. I wish it would be easier.
2: <laughs> God.
3: And it's very hard for me to see how the United States. Uh, president Can get us to war with Iran
2: Get us to war with Iran
3: um, Which leads me to conclude that If in fact compromise is not coming That the traditional way Of America gets to war Is what would be best for US interests uh, Some people might think That Mr. Roosevelt wanted to get us into World War II As David mentioned You may recall we had to wait for Pearl Harbor Some people might think Mr. Wilson wanted to get us into World War I You may recall he had to wait for the Lusitania episode some people might think that Mr. Johnson wanted to send troops to Vietnam. You may recall we had to wait for the Gulf of Tonkin episode. Uh, we didn't go to war with Spain until the USS uh, yes. d- until the Maine exploded. And may I point out that Mr. Lincoln did not feel he could call out the Federal Army until Fort Sumter was attacked, which is why he ordered the commander at Fort Sumter to do exactly that thing, which the South Carolinians had said would cause oh an attack. So if, in fact, the Iranians aren't going to compromise, it would be best if somebody else started the war. Uh, one can combine other means of pressure with sanctions. Uh, I mentioned that explosion uh, on August 17th. Uh, we could step up the pressure. I mean,
0: that's, I mean, I like look, it.
3: people, Iranian submarines periodically go down. Someday one of them might not come up. Who would know why?
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Somebody we can do a variety
3: of things if we wish to increase the pressure. I'm not advocating that. No, but no. I'm just suggesting <laughs> that uh, it, 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 it's this, this is not a, a either or proposition of, you know, it's just sanctions has to has to succeed or other things. We are in the game of using covert means against the Iranians. We we could get nastier at that. Wow.
0: Right. I mean, it's just never been more obvious. And the sad reality is that that stuff's out there and, you know, it just continues forward.
1: He said the silent parts out loud. I mean, almost all of them. Right. And then you got Corinne Jean Pierre, and the other day was sometime last week, said that the most horrific thing, the most damaging thing to our democracy that has ever happened, is not Pearl Harbor. It's not nine eleven. It's not any of the things that he mentioned. It's January sixth frat party, where complete with selfies and feet on desks. That was it.
0: God, man. I, I mean, not even their own supporters buy that. I mean, I mean, some of them obviously do, but, but, but by and large, I mean, you generally just talk about this and feel people are not okay with it. And that becomes the real dividing point is that you got Republicans going the extreme opposite way and acting like literally nothing happened. Like there's things that you could point at, but then I, I'm sure you saw it come out today. And we already knew this by the way that, that, uh, Pelosi was involved in the process and, you know, was active. I mean, we, I think this was talked about because there was provable information coming from one of the police on the ground that they were saying like, no, no, we're not going to bring more people in despite they kept calling for it. But now suddenly the Daily Mail pointed out, I think, and now it's breaking news. <laughs> she knew beforehand. you know, the flow of information is so controlled these days. But so it's just so mm-hmm. obvious that they're trying to make that what it is. But right. That I, I genuinely believe that was a failed false flag attempt. What do you think about that? January 6th? Oh.
1: I would not doubt that at all. I don't have any proof for it, but just I would my not doubt yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't doubt it at all.
0: Manufactured everything was and how clearly, I mean, just the way that they're now, like, it's so obvious they had the narrative ready before this happened. I mean, it's just They were knew they were going to call it what it was and hyped it up and the building of the narrative and then it just kind of fell flat. Nobody brought guns, yet they called it an armed insurrection. Like, they had a narrative ready, and I think that's exposed it to me more than anything.
1: Well, it's kind of, it kind of goes back to the question you asked about 25, 30 minutes ago about um, this propaganda being ramped up and stuff. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm against him, as much as I know for a fact that he's banker bought, I have not seen anything in, uh, coming out of Trump where he actually said, Yeah, let's, let's go there and let's show them what for. In it fact, was, he said the opposite. He said the exact opposite. And he said things that I wouldn't have even said be kind to the Capitol Police. It's like, Why? They're not kind to us. Right. And right. they talk about, fabricating something out of nothing. What was this guy's name that said the thing about the conflict initiation? Do you remember? his name? uh,
0: Yeah. Hold on. I've got the video up here. Hold on. Let me grab it. Well, while
1: you're, while you're looking for that, I just want to say, think about the ramifications of what that guy admitted. And that's just one guy, you know, everybody in the higher echelons of government, Israel lobbyist, uh, Patrick Claussen. Mm -hmm. Yeah they are in the he admitted they are in the business of conflict initiation we are talking about mass scale conflict initiation we're talking about starting massive wars ramping up the military industrial complex giving boatloads of money to defense contractors stealing more money from the 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 american tax cattle so that we can send tell me that's not happening right now in ukraine Exactly. This is, this is a such a load of steaming BS. And I wish people could see it. Right. But oh, Let me ask you this, Ryan. I, I know this is your show, but let me ask you a question because okay. I really struggle with this. We see what's going on. We see how evil these people are. We see the admissions that they make. Mm-hmm. If we all did wake up, let's say there were 35 million, 10 percent of the population, 33 million, 34 million people that actually woke up. What, what are, what are the first things that we need to do to create a better society for our children and our grandchildren? What would you do?
0: You know, and that it's it's a big question, obviously. But I mean, I think for me, it comes down to the point of choice as always. Right. And we need to define something like this. This deserves a really long thought out conversation. Like, I don't think I could even give you a good enough answer in one response. But I think like if all of a sudden it all just shifted. I mean, it really does come down to being represented because it's not happening today. Right. Like I, I I believe in the concept of a republic like a parliamentary kind of idea that you could abstract out. But at the same time, I believe in a very anarchistic kind of mindset where I don't want people to be like, I, I think, I think where I ended up with this when we had a kind of a thought provoking conversation about how that would look is it needs to be something like this, but it's like a rotating concept where people in the, in but in, it needs to be community driven as opposed to large. But see the, the lot is in my point. See, say there's so many points to try to jam in, but if you, once you take this to the logical conclusion, People then argue a logical point. Well, okay, that's from a, a U.S.-centric perspective. What happens when the other governments and the other parts of the world don't do that and then decide to invade you? What happens then? You know, it's like, well, you're not... The point, it's always about how we somehow think that the only the control structure we have today is why we somehow have the ability to connect, to collect, to coordinate... It, that's, we don't need the government to do these things. All you're really seeing is an overarching hand saying this and there. And like it's the same argument on a smaller scale about saying who's going to build the roads. It's like the same damn people are going to build the roads. Right. And it's just, it's just the decision making process changes. You know, yeah. so that's where I think that needs to go to is immediately removing any kind of federal overarching government concept. And just, you know, it, it, the problem is that it's, it's almost impossible to fight out from where we are now to the place that I would want. Because of how long people have been propagandized with the idea that they can't exist without a government protection, you know, it's just, it's a complicated thing. But I mean, it really, if we wanted to sit down for hours and discuss it, I I have plenty of ideas. It's just about whether people be willing to change and and put themselves in a position that's a little more uncomfortable than they're used to, right? But that's, freedom can be (laughs) uncomfortable, can't it? As you know,
1: there's this. Are are you are you familiar? I I don't know where you stand on religion or the Bible or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I'm I'm not religious. I'm not religious, um, you know, but I recognize that there are nuggets of truth to be found pretty much anywhere. Truth Mm -hmm. is truth. You know, whether people agree with it or not. But there's this uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes 811. Don't don't uh, quote me on that but I think it says something to the effect of when justice against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore the hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. Mm-hmm. I think one of the very first things that we need to do is we need money that is honest and sound. Mm-hmm. And the second thing we need to do is rights that are valued and respected. And if anybody goes across the line and disrespects any other individual's rights, because I think the smallest minority, I, I agree with Ann Rand, the smallest minority on the earth is the individual, and those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. So if anybody comes across the line and disrespects any individual's rights, there should be an immediate public punishment and i'm not against tarling and feathering because you wouldn't have to do that very much one politician or whoever's going to be you know the the part of the structure that makes life a better place for that's because that's what government's supposed to be you mm-hmm. know in, in in essence um but anybody who steps across that line is severely publicly dealt with and it does have to go back to sound money because if you have a dishonest money system how can you expect the Federal Reserve? Uh, foxes not to be in control of the hen house.
0: Right. right. I mean, it's interesting take. I just don't know how this is. The problem is that it's so undefined in such a short answer. You know, I'm sure you've got an entire background of thoughts behind what you said there. You know, just that whether, you know, ultimately who decides who and when and how and, you know, there's still a controls, you know, it's it's just so difficult, you know, but. The problem is that because of the propaganda today and and the statism that's just bled into everything, it's really hard to, to take these steps back. But that's what we're trying to do every day and show yeah. people that it's all up to them. You know, no,
1: I, I agree. There are tentacles of complexity all over the place. But I think mm-hmm. the underlying factor that makes America and really freedom great is simplicity. It's yes. Does anybody yes. have? A, I mean, the very simple questions and I know I sound like a broken record, but the questions of does anybody have a higher claim over your life and property than you? The answer is logically no no mm-hmm. no. nobody's got it if if i have a higher claim over your life and property than you then where did that authority that i claim to have come from and why don't you have that same authority number all two right. is it ever right to initiate unjust force and violence on peaceful people who haven't done anything wrong all you have to do is ask yourself a question do i want to be asleep with my my family in my house at 2 30 in the morning and be broken in on and terrorized and flash banged and my dog killed Uh, No, I wouldn't want that. And anybody who says that they would is either a psychopathic psychopath or a liar. Uh Um, but I think it all goes back to simplicity of the golden rule. Do to others what you'd want done to you. Conversely, don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to you. And then we can build from there. And then we can ask, how do we build the roads? Well, I think we can do it without extortion, theft, violence, (laughs) and brutality. How about you? You know, we could do (laughs) lotteries are popular, set up a lottery. That's a voluntary system. Anybody who wants to, you know, put money in the lottery, all those, you know, half of the money goes to the winner. Half the money goes to the road schools, bridges, and the clean running water. That's yeah. fluoridated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but, but I agree, though, that that it's
0: it's I I, I, I kind of feel like one of the main things is that is it needs to get more simple in the sense that it needs to become more local. And I think that's in yes. every possible way, you know, that yes. and if it broadens out from there, as history shown that always will, then, you know, you deal with that as it comes. But, you know, the problem is that people just it. you know what it really feels like. And this is just my I guess my opinion. Maybe it's influenced by the world today. The propaganda but it feels more like people are more interested in making sure that the people over there, whether or not they're even, even in the same country or even know what they're doing, that they have to do it this way because that's the right way, right? And I know because this is the, you know, they can't, we can't allow them to wear hijabs over there, you know, whatever it is. And 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 maybe there are people over there that agree with you, but it's not your place to force that on other people. And even from like a county to state, kind of it's the same way is that you can't just let the next county do what they want because you're not okay with them doing what they do to their children or whatever, you know? And it's like, I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean how they teach them and train, you know, upgrade right. yeah. them. And it's just, that's, I think the crux of it is that people feel like they have a right to conform other people to their belief structure. And that's really dangerous. That's a whole American centric concept. Really?
1: That's government. That's exactly. go- that, that's the essence of government, which is the right to rule. Hey, I got a right to rule you. I have the right to speak into your life. And if you don't do what I think that you should be doing, well, then I can rightly punish you.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think, Yeah, exactly. Not right. But I think we uh, have limited time left. So let me ask you one question, I think, to finish up today that I think is interesting. And it kind of brings us back to what we were talking about in the beginning is you. I'm sure you've seen the, the JFK thing swirling around where it's basically, you know, Fox Tucker has this segment basically reveals something that I think literally everybody kind of knew or expected, which is that the CIA killed JFK, right? And it's like really the- no,
1: I I have not seen that swirling. I've not. Oh, seen really? It. Okay. Well, no. they,
0: well, bottom line is there's a there's a, RFK Jr. was involved, and there's this like like basically the it, you could you could take it through a skeptical lens with any corporate media. The I the, the conversation point, whether you agree with it or not, is that Tucker had this segment and he, they basically exposed that the CIA killed JFK. And really? it, it was, it was very clear. RFK just talking about it too. And, and so it was a big deal. Like to have that be stated on a mainstream channel. Right. Yeah. Nothing has happened. No, no, no Senate, no, no, you know no congressional action at all. No discussion about it on any more of the channels. And it's like, the point was like, are we really just going to pretend that didn't happen? Like, so we now know this happened. That's the conversation. And I do agree with that. And yet it just, nobody's talking about it. And the, my point was, okay, one, I think it's pretty clear that I think we all generally knew that was the reality, like the books and the the movies were crying out loud. And so when it comes up, we're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we knew that. And so that's the first point is like, how is that? Is that part of the social engineering to get us to kind of just dismiss something that big because it's so far removed or, you know, and then the other part of it is really that I I think we're at a point now where we, we, there, they have this ability to reveal the truth in a way that becomes so benign because of the two-party paradigm or the mission, you know, that it's oh, well, that's their story, that's their story. So these things get admitted, but nothing happens, like the Clinton Foundation pay to play, or you know, many examples. So just what do you think on that for kind of final thoughts today?
1: God, that's kind of a sticky thought. I've now yeah. you piqued my curiosity. Do I look up Tucker Carlson in this? Did he do a whole Should, segment yeah. on It's, it 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 it's an
0: interesting it? clip. It is, you know. And, okay, and, I,
1: I need to look at it, but uh yeah, that is very interesting. Do we stop calling it a conspiracy theory now? I mean, yes, like what's no. going to And, exactly. and <laughs> I could I I I would totally expect mainstream media to just not even pay attention to that, throw it into the dustbin right on top of Hunter Biden's laptop where exactly. they, they think it should belong. But I man, wow, that's wild. Now now you've got my curiosity peaked. I want to see that.
0: Well, good. I'm interested to see your take on it. I mean, my point is that, I mean, when I say that, obviously it should have never been called a conspiracy theory, but just because of all the information that was surrounding this. And, you know, I mean, it was you know, a conspiracy, what's... but there's no theory to it. Well, not yeah, not now, especially now to your point that it's no longer a theory, especially since this seems to be proven. But I think my the overarching point is, and this is any example, you can look this back to the HIV conversation. There's so many books written about Things that would blow your mind about the HIV AIDS situation, or even right now with COVID, you know, that those books are out there, they exist, and it's sourced, and it's peer reviewed, there's PhD, and yet it's just there. I mean, nothing happens, you know, so if that's where we are today, where this has essentially been admitted and it's like, yeah, yeah, JF the CIA. So the government's willing to kill its own president and the CIA and and we just move forward like no big deal. And I think that we're being trained in a very alarming way. The Twitter files, all that we're, we're kind of just being trained to engage the way that they allow us to engage only through intermediaries and only to a certain degree. You know, it's just an alarming direction. And so I'm interested to see your take on it, because I, I do think it's part of an overarching kind of propaganda effort.
1: You know what I am curious about the JFK thing though I I don't believe JFK was on our side I don't yeah. believe I just think they're all banker puppets dangling on a right. string like marionettes but I wonder why they did kill him, because I hear people routinely say, well, it was because of executive order one, 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 where you wanted to reinstall, reinstate gold and silver as the sound uh, currency of the United States. But when you read it, that yeah. executive order, I don't really see that. I don't I don't see a combating of the Federal Reserve. I see it right. working with the Federal Reserve. So I wonder why they really off that guy.
0: Yeah, it's a fair question. And, I, you know, again, I, I do think this is the case. But again, taking it face value, that is what happened based on the data that we have. I, I agree I mean, it's as simple as this, I think. It could be because he was doing things they didn't want him to. And maybe that's what started the whole kind of shift into this direction. But I agree with you. I think you can, there's plenty of examples pre-JFK that show you that this is, we'd already kind of lost control at that point anyway. But so it could be as simple as a coup that took place between two vying factions and neither one has your best interest at heart. You know, it's two dictator governments trying to, you know, Whitney talks about the whole kind of neocon technocratic shift. Maybe that was taking place all the way back then, you know, different shifts and breaks of the government. And we just saw it executed,
1: you know? Oh my gosh. I would love to see Whitney delve into and do like a deep dive into the JFK conspiracy and just, uh, you know, you know, she's like a bloodhound. She would ferret out anything that was there. Yeah. If it was, oh. if, if, if it could be found, she would find it. But I, I don't, I, the, I think the timing of the death is interesting because he died in 63 in the Gulf of Tonkin episode Uh, apparently happened in 64 Mm -hmm. so maybe jfk maybe they were planning the vietnam war i don't know do you know about charles de gaulle the name rings a bell. not Charles, off the top de- of my head. Charles de Gaulle was the president of France in the 1960s okay. and 70s. And he got very concerned when the Vietnam War kept going and going and going. He's like, where's all this money coming coming from? And then on 19, August 15th, 1971, uh, Nixon closed the gold window, which mm-hmm. basically reneged on the Bretton Woods Accord that kept uh, gold pegged at $35 an ounce. So Charles de Gaulle's like, hey, we gave him all of our gold and we took fiat. Uh, we're, we're. So he sent his his entourage back across the Atlantic to go get the gold. But I maybe uh, JFK in 62 and 63 found out because it was JFK who did put the kibosh on the North uh, um, Operation Northwoods. Right. He The Joint Chiefs came up with that. And JFK said, we, ain't, we are not executing terrorism on American soil so we can right. get into a war with Cuba. So it could be. And I'm just surmising here. I don't know if it was, but the timing is interesting. Maybe he didn't want to have a conflict with Vietnam a year later, Gulf of Tonkin happened. And then they started ramping up the yeah. war under LGB, hey. LJB. Hey, LJB. Knows, yeah. 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 Lyndon Baines LBJ. Jeez. LBJ, yeah. Jeez. yeah. Dyslexic. I, I
0: didn't even catch that when you said it the first time, but <laughs> what, what's interesting though, is that, you know, you can see throughout history that, that you know, war has very clearly been a, a, a kingmaker or not, you know, like yeah, I mean, well, obviously the money, but I mean like the, the decisions around these are, are, you know, sh- shit earth shaking you know and, and yeah. so what if he truly did push back on something that they had already lined up i wouldn't surprise me at all right we're seeing yeah. that we're seeing that take place today with foreign leaders so the but the fact that it was internal is a is a alarming reality to now I mean, we need to kind of i know i know we're wrapping up here we need to get that pulled in with the larger conversation today if they're capable of that they're capable of worse and today, with what's going on. So, you know, do you have, do you have any final thoughts for us as we uh, wrap up here today? Upcoming, no, just
1: the, just the JFK thing. You know what you've done, right? You, you know, now I'm going to be preoccupied with the JFK assassination. <laughs> let all me know what you now. find. It's like, why didn't they off him with jellyfish toxin? Why did they do it in such a public, gruesome fashion? I mean, were they trying to set a message to other I think people? that's I what know. it was
0: a message <laughs> to say, look, this is what happens when you don't toe the line. And that's why we say the JFK talk today, when people suddenly shift what they're doing with no explanation. You got the JFK talk, you know, certainly possible.
1: Yeah. Well, I would just close with just saying, Hey, you, you have, if you're watching this broadcast, you have, you are the resistance. No, (laughs) you have, you have, uh, individual rights and you've got to secure and stand on those rights. And sometimes in this crazy world, because we live in the empire of lies, they don't want your truth. They don't want to secure your rights. you got to stand for them because man, we've got generations coming up after us. I can't imagine how much worse it's going to be in 20 years if we don't stave off the tides of tyranny. So just know that you have individual rights and it's more so that other people don't have a right to dominate and rule over you. And if they're trying to do that, they are the bad actors. And we got to we got to push back against that
0: here here. I think it's a good note to end on. Well, thank, thank you for joining me today, Brian. I always love our conversations. I think we, I think we should try to make a time to have that other conversation. And you know, like I, I've had one like this in the past, and it, and it's a difficult conversation because it's so just undefined. But you know, what would we do if, if they? Was how saying, do Brian, how do we practically Brian, change our world? Yeah. yeah, you guys now have the choice. You do whatever you want, make it better. What would we do? You know, and that's a you know who we to you
1: know who we gotta include in that conversation though. What? Derek Bros, absolutely. That guy's that that, that, that guy's phenomenal.
0: I'm glad you said that he really is one of the leading people in my mind that is trying to not just point out the problems, which is still very important, but actively finding ways to, to create solutions in the middle yes. of it all. And that takes a, a courage and respect there, man. That's a, yeah. yeah
1: he's got to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. Right, brother. And, and as, ever, you. as always, everybody out there question, everything, come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.